0: Oh, hello.
1: Oh, hello. (laughs) Uh,
0: I like starting as though it's a continuation.
1: Is it? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I guess it is. You just said, and we're back. I guess it is kind of like what we, we never do that, do we?
0: No, we never do that.
1: I'm like so (laughs) off my game tonight. (laughs) It's okay. Just, and we're back a week later.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, it's kind of nice. Like, this was but a sweet little pause. Uh, yeah, and right. And now we are back,
1: babies. We've been hanging out on your left and right shoulder all week. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: We were actually down here all week just waiting for yeah. it to be Wednesday.
1: I like to think I'm the evil homunculus. If we're sitting on people's shoulders and, and stuff, I'm the evil one. I'm like the mm-hmm. little devil one.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wants to meet me to be the good one, though. I'm like maybe the neutral one.
1: Yeah. I guess they're always in the cartoons. It's always you, but like a little angel you and a little devil you.
0: Yeah, we're changing that.
1: So you wouldn't be on someone else's.
0: No, we're changing that from now on for everyone ever. When they have a little angel and a devil, it's us. All
1: right. That's weird, right? Uh-huh. Okay, that's weird. Well, <laughs> um, hope that spooks you out because it's spooky time. It's
0: spooky time. We're Tomorrow. not doing a spooky episode. No, are we not? I had it's, no idea.
1: Oh yeah, eh,
0: it's not spooky. Uh, that's all I right. should have thought about that.
1: N- uh, tomorrow is Halloween. Um, we are not celebrating it in any traditional way. I am going to hide from children in my basement.
0: I am working, so I can't.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, it, ju- it just dawned on me. Like, I'm going to be rolling into town at like six o'clock. So, like, like Halloween's going to going to be happening when I get into town. Yeah. So I have to drive through crowds of children just to get home.
0: Yeah, maybe we should set the candy bowl out before.
1: Yeah, that's weird. You leave though, right? work. Maybe just turn out the lights and just be like. I bought two bags of candy. Yeah, we can eat that. <laughs> no. No. Oh God. How am I? I I don't know. How you, like you can't just leave the candy out all day, candy.
0: I don't work until <clears> eleven, <throat> so I could set it out before.
1: Oh, that's true. You could. But that's still like all day. I'm just candy sitting there, and the no one's gonna take the candy. It's candy.
0: And if they take the candy before Halloween starts, then trick's on us. I don't fucking care. I
1: feel like I should check the weather and see if it's going to be soggy candy at this rate. Because it might be soggy candy. We can
0: put something over it.
1: And it is going to rain all day tomorrow. (laughs) Like, all day. Happy Halloween, kids.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Some... Places in the area have changed their Halloween probably because of the weather. Oh, really? Yeah, they like switch the day.
1: Well, Yeah, it's like lame for it to be raining when you're doing Halloween. That's super lame. And then also like the the flip of it is like, like not only does it suck that it's raining, but it sucks that it's like bright, bright out because they don't want kids to walk around during the nighttime, which yeah. is what made Halloween spooky when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Remember walking around when it was dark? Yeah. And getting spooked out.
0: hmm Yeah, you can't get truly, like, no. spooked out when you, it's during the day, you right? You cannot
1: get scared during the day, because you see, like, whatever horrible costume it is that was going to scare you, like, a mile away. Yeah. So you're never surprised by anything. Man, they really ruined Halloween. <laughs> uh,
0: sorry, my... <laughs> What So so one of the things we're doing this coming weekend Mm -hmm. is it's my birthday on Saturday. Yes, it is. So we're going to Maze Craze, which is a corn maze, and they do all kinds of stuff there. And it should be super fun. And this year the theme is Wizard of Oz. And they have four different mazes in that theme. And it looks really cool. And I'm going to have a lot of fun. But my mom is messaging me. Asking me if it's canceled because she saw something on Facebook. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, like, I went to their Facebook page and they have nothing on there. Any recent posts about it, like them closing early or anything. And then I said, can you show me what you saw? I'm not seeing anything. To my knowledge, it's still on. And she said, did you get it? Was it a beer maze craze? And I don't know what she's talking about.
1: beer maze? Beer? Beer? What? I don't know what she's talking about. Okay, here's here's what I'm guessing. Maze Craze is not unique to Ohio. The name is used in a lot of places. Yeah. I'm guessing she saw something about some other maze craze. Yeah, I don't know. Or, flip side, well, what is the beer thing about?
0: Okay, she's saying she tagged me in it, so... <laughs>
1: Wow, we're doing this on Sorry, air. This is like going Life. to bother me
0: until I figure out what oh my the God. crap is happening.
1: Facebook, you bastard, I'm you sorry. Went again.
0: Okay, she she didn't tag me. <laughs>
1: okay. No, she's not okay. tag you in anything. All right. Great.
0: Okay, so, I'll figure that out later. I'm shutting my phone <sighs> off. That's ridiculous. Oh my
1: God. Thing
0: is I won't know until tomorrow cuz my mom is going to bed like right now.
1: So oh, Really? <laughs> Oh my god. <sighs> that is something. Well, no, Maze if you're listening right now, Maze Craze is still on. As there's to my wrong. knowledge,
0: there's nothing wrong. No. And presumably my mom is confused by Facebook. It's still happening.
1: I don't know. I did see when I searched for Maze Craze, I saw an article from three weeks ago that says like Maze Craze is still going strong despite hurricane warnings, and I'm like, What are you talking about? It must
0: be a different one.
1: Another one in another state yeah. three weeks ago. I don't know.
0: Yeah. They did just do like a wine thing like they had a, a wine tasting mm-hmm. maize craze day like last weekend. yeah but I didn't go to that right um because last weekend we were having our
1: halloween party mm-hmm. pretty spoopy <laughs> we had a good party it was we, fun we had a solid turnout we had a a, a whole friggin mess of food yeah it was you know, always too always. much
0: food and we did you and i did good this time because How's that? because we always want to make more food than we need mm-hmm. to and i stopped us because you're like we need an entree i'm like i think we're good you made Like the little weenies in sleeping bags, and I made two different kind of cheese preparations. I made a cheese ball that looked like a pumpkin, and then I made baked brie that was supposed to look like a mummy.
1: Mm. Which was great, by the way, and super tasty. Barely
0: got eaten. None of it. The thing is,
1: we (laughs) (laughs) okay, (laughs) but we did eat it like ourselves. Most of it over the course of the next day. While That's we true. sat around and watched Catfish all day long.
0: Yeah, the next day we watched... You had never seen the show Catfish.
1: I didn't know Catfish was a show. Yeah. And I never saw the documentary.
0: I haven't either. I kind of would like to, but I... fell I,
1: all the way in on Catfish.
0: You really did. So I didn't know the origins of Catfish, like why the show started that was based on that his documentary mm-hmm. or anything. So that was interesting to learn. And then, so Jen stayed the night so she didn't have to drive after yeah. the party, mm-hmm. and she spent basically most of the day with us just watching catfish because that's all we did all day. <laughs>
1: yeah, like seriously, like all like we all basically got up around noon, mm. shook it off. Some of us uh, had a little hair of the dog and uh, just ate and watched stuff all day.
0: Yeah, I slept until like twelve thirty. And I never do that. And I wasn't even hungover. Like I went to bed at two in the morning. I just was fading fast. I was like, guys, I can't fucking do this. I went to bed at two, mostly because like I wasn't drunk and I didn't perceive myself getting drunk. I felt kind of crappy because I like I just felt like full all night. Mm -hmm. I didn't even eat that much all night. Like in comparison to what how much I thought I would eat, I didn't really eat that much. I never had any of that pulled pork that Chris made. Any? No.
1: Well, there's still some in the fridge. Have you to still taste have some. a chance. It was but super delicious.
0: I, I know it was good. I just like I ate a couple things to start of the night and then I was full the whole night. I had a couple drinks, had some like jello and pudding shots, and then some of the spiked punch mm-hmm. and that that was it. Like nothing. I was like, okay.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, I was up until 630 in the morning. Yes, you were. (laughs) At which point, at which point, I don't don't even know how we were up that late. I don't know. Like basically like Tyler and I stuck it out and watched. I forget if we were what were we watching on YouTube? I don't know. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really good. You stayed up to watch it. Well, it was really important,
1: obviously. Um, and we we stayed up until six thirty. Put away all of the the kitchen stuff into like Ziploc bags. That was my idea: is throw it in Ziplocs. That's really fast. Just put everything <coughs> in Ziploc bags, and then collapsing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you got like you must have got like a solid like ten hours of sleep.
0: Yeah, I never sleep that
1: long. No, that's weird.
0: It was strange, but
1: it was strange. It was Um, good, though. We had a sweet party, though. We had a good time. It was nice. Um,
0: Uh, We played D&D yesterday. mm
1: -hmm, That happened.
0: Things went unexpectedly.
1: They often do.
0: The character development for my character that wasn't supposed to happen for a long time suddenly happened very quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Chris's character made an out-of-character decision. Not really. It's not really out of character, but he basically... It seems relevant to what happened before it. It it was relevant, but it was not... The whole course of events was not predicted. Right. Um, so he decided to give me something that I was supposed to have to seal from him later, and he gave it to me, and then my character did used it when I wasn't supposed to, and then that made it so the person I was supposed to give it to had to come to me instead of me going to her. And because of that, she had to try to take the the object. It's an orb. She had to try to take it, Yeah. and the guardian was there. The guardian of the orb that's always with it was there. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't go to her. If I had teleported to her, it would he wouldn't have been there and she would have just taken
1: it. This is making probably no sense to <laughs> anybody listening. Yeah, it's
0: okay. But but because of the way that things worked out, we ended up uh, making a very strong character yeah. who was supposed to be kind of a big, bad go unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> and then I found out what she was and then I ran away panicked and <laughs> <laughs> ran for help.
1: Yeah. God. This week in Orbs and Guardians. Yes. Um what a what a weird thing that was. Now that I'm thinking about this, this makes me realize like how clever it was for Gable to tie all these things together. Mm-hmm. Because we did a one-off campaign involving a lich who is now tied to that orb, which <coughs> is a thing he thought to do in between. Yeah. And your story was always about finding that orb and mm-hmm. And uh, Winklevoss has had that orb for a long time. Those were already existent things for a long, while a while back. Yeah, and then he thought to tie that to our one-off campaign. Mm-hmm. That was clever. It was. That was a surprise to all of us to find it connected to that thing that we just did as a group. Is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I remember the moment in the campaign where he mentions the the name of the being. One of the beings is trapped in the orb. Yeah, and then he mentions. That basically the campaign, the one off that we did and we all went, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Yeah, it's nice. He's he's uh, I know Matt listens. You're a very good DM. You're thoughtful and creative. You put a lot of time and effort into it and you let (sighs) us at least try. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> whatever we want to do
1: Me- meanwhile my contribution to uh our campaign was murdering an innocent woman
0: you she didn't die well it she was die. it was
1: attempted murder for sure
0: well you didn't know it was her in your defense you were an octopus at the time so. i was an
1: octopus at the time which is pretty cool <laughs> in fairness uh, and then ran away like a baby. And then when I ran back to the beach, I failed on my investigation. So I couldn't even tell who she was or what was going on. <laughs> so I just ran like like uh, like the dude from Memento. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. And I like <laughs> flee to the inn to try and find someone who knows what's happening to me.
0: Oh, jeez,
1: What a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> I rolled like in a series of 10 rolls. I rolled like yeah. four ones. You rolled very poorly. Like not just very poorly. Statistically, Statistically like it yeah, shouldn't it have been possible sense. to roll that poorly. Really hoping that gets a lot of them out of the way for the for the, the considerable future. <clears throat> yeah. uh, that's the most ones I've rolled within a 10-roll sequence ever.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Four out of ten's a lot.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, considering that, like, what's what's 20 to the fourth power? Because that's... Well, no, no, no. That's for permutations not combinations never mind i don't know my math but (laughs) (laughs) it's unlikely it's really unlikely
0: all right right.
1: so do we have anything else
0: no i think i think that's it
1: do you think then instead of talking more about that could we play a game yeah sure i like games okay any you want to connect for yeah Um, we could play backgammon You know what we should play that we haven't played in a really long time? What's that? I'm thinking truths and news. Trues and news. Yes. <coughs> you need to, to tell me. You to tell do me do why you wouldn't happen, happen to me? It's time for and Time to play play <coughs> Everyone's <coughs> playing. Everyone's playing the famous game. A famous game. The game that's taken the internet by storm.
2: It's
1: time for trues and snooze. <coughs> A Merv Griffin production. That's right. Trues and news. Let's dig that one out of the... <laughs> Let's
0: just dig... Hold dig, on. I gotta...
1: Oh, it's buried dig, there uh, behind all the other out. games. are right, you gotta get on that step ladder Okay, I gotta
0: there. brush it off. Right. It's a little dusty.
1: Trues All and right.
0: You ready to play? Do you want to read the directions I on the w- back of the box? <laughs> All right.
1: Let's see here. On the back of the box, Trues and Fnews. It says, Trues and Fnoos is that fun internet game, that internet sensational game in which I present to you two false stories, one true story, and it's your job to determine which one is the false story, the false... The f- false news. <laughs> I ran out of air, and it just went... I started panicking. <laughs> which one of these is the true story, the trues, and the false stories, the news All right.
0: Do you like my tiny little baby pen? Why
1: is it so tiny?
0: Abby gave it to me. Well, she gave it to all of us. It was, oh, I. that's something I wanted to say real quick. We'll lap back for a moment. Aubrey basically planned our entire Halloween party. Yeah. And it was really nice and she did so much and she made like prizes and there were grab bags for everyone and yeah. this pen is in those grab ah. bags. There's a bunch more of them upstairs. You know, so, now I know because why. Because nobody took grab bags. Now
1: I know why I didn't know that there were pens they're so tiny
0: they're really tiny okay. and they're buried under all the candy which baby there's like four open bags up there i just like keep eating candy out oh, of it
1: wait a minute <laughs> hold on Do you, you're kidding no you're going around opening grab bags eating the candy and leaving the they're
0: pens my grab bags well now i'm using the pens too all right i use every part of the grab bag
1: <laughs> weird <laughs> like super weird
0: Okay, but now I'm ready for truth and news after I you said know, that. we don't
1: hit this table for dramatic effect enough.
0: Yours is better. I don't have that fist power. It's a weird way to say that. That Fizzle also power. That also hurt.
1: Uh, really? Did that hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I just got this big gigantic you, you got meaty paws.
0: You got meaty paws and I have bony little paws. Uh, let's move
1: on here. Uh, are you ready to play? I am. Yeah, <clears throat> me. Story number one, the Lincoln Journal star in Nebraska warned readers this week that if they see a woman mutilating animals on the side of the road at night, don't worry. She's harvesting deer meat for donation to local food pantries. Okay. Story number two. For this Halloween, one Memphis, Tennessee household is stepping up their annual haunted house located in their garage with a new attraction. Willing participants can lay in a box and be covered with hundreds of rats. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, a Corpus Christi artist is in hot water with city government this week after soliciting a human head for inclusion in a new art project.
0: These are all kind of spooky.
1: They are spooky. I thought ahead.
0: Well, you're better than me.
1: I made a trues <laughs> and spoopy news. Spoopy trues and spoopy. It's all spoopy. Uh, sp- spoops and but fnoops. But truths <laughs> and snoops. Sp- I'm going with spoops and fnoops. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Can, you, uh, can I get a little recap action? I can.
1: I can. All right. Here we go. So, number one, the Lincoln Journal star in Nebraska warned readers this week that if they see a woman mutilating animals on the side of the <laughs> road at night, don't worry. She's harvesting deer meat for donation to local food pantries. All right. Number two, for this Halloween, one Memphis, Tennessee household is stepping up their annual haunted house located in the garage, with a new attraction. Willing to- participants can lay in a box and be covered with hundreds of rats. Not right Number three, a Corpus Christi artist is in hot water with city government this week after soliciting a human head for inclusion in a new art project.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, no.
0: Okay, let me see mine. Uh, No. Uh, Animal Mutilation for the Hungry, the Nebraska Way.
1: (laughs) Well, that's how we all do it, I think.
0: New Haunted House Attraction, It's Just
1: Rats. Mm. (laughs) Nobody knows what that is. It's
0: okay. And uh, (laughs) Don't Be Asking for People's Heads. Don't.
1: (laughs) That one is just real direct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They don't be asking for people's heads. They don't, don't like it. The government don't. frowns upon that.
1: Don't be asking for people's heads. Don't be
0: heads. asking for people's heads.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have any inclinations? Are you feeling confident? You kind of shake. So, I do.
0: So, I don't know. I never feel confident. It's just not my way. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I, I could verify this. In
0: general. <laughs> um... I feel like there's one that's the most, it just feels right and the most likely.
1: Okay. Likely. Likely.
0: And that would be that there's a new haunted house attraction and it's just rats. Okay. That's my That's my guess.
1: Alrighty. I don't want
0: the other ones to be true. <laughs>
1: It's one of the other ones. Oh, round two of truths and news. This is an unofficial thing. We should start calling it round two, where you get Um, to pick between if you get. get Oh god, this is
0: hard. This is a good one. Um, (laughs) Is it the animal mutilation? It is. Okay, so the reason (laughs) I didn't go with that is like
1: it seems you can't just do that. (laughs) Well, okay. There's as always. There's a little bit more to the story, right? All right. So the truth I, – I couldn't believe this was real. So here's the thing. I You know, we tend to go to, like, funny news stuff and try to find, like, a a, a true story that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I went to the, an article from the uh, Journal Stars website and didn't find it that weird and then went to their homepage and then found this. And I'm like, <laughs> how is this one not on the weird news sites? <laughs> like, this is on their front page. Um so here's the, uh, the 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 uh, God, I have to skip down a bit. So the idea is that she she sits and listens to police scanners mm-hmm. and waits to hear news about a motorist hitting a deer. And once she does and when she figures out where it is, she'll go to the scene, make sure that it's still warm and that it's not like. Like
0: been laying there for hours right. and has like insect activity. It's not
1: guts spilled over the freeway or anything yeah. like that. Like making sure basically that it's something suitable to uh-huh. field dress, and then she does and packages up the meat and then takes it. To, she took the first time she took it to the food pantries and they kind of like thought about it and were like, yeah, okay, if you can like verify <laughs> that it's like not super gross, yeah, we'll take it. Um, huh. so, so she's been doing this for a little while now. Um, (laughs) uh, she, she initially like started hunting and that was when her like first experience like field dressing an animal Mm -hmm. and then just turned into this.
0: Okay. So one concern is that like a lot of times if a deer gets hit. By mm-hmm. a car, you could think that they're dead and they're not dead. Right. And I'm sure she can tell, but, like, I'd be really worried for her that she's approaching what she thinks is a dead deer at night and then it's not dead and then she's on the side of the road. Yeah. With a wild animal. Right. Who's freaked out and injured and, like... That could be very dangerous, but she seems like she's been doing it for a while.
1: Well, it kind of seems like once you're by the unconscious animal, you kind of have an advantage in just uh, putting, <clears throat> yeah, it, I putting it down. Um, she, uh, <laughs> I just want to read this sentence. Oh, shoot. Where did it go? I lost it. OK. Schmidt started harvesting roadkill a couple of years ago. <laughs> right there. I'm like, that's a weird sentence.
0: Yeah. New how, new did sentence. That, how did this not make sense? Did, did I ever tell you about um the worst Valentine's Day gift my mom ever got?
1: <laughs> how in the world can that be related to this? Is my question.
0: Oh, you'll see. If my dad hears this, he's gonna be mad at me that yet again I'm telling one of his stories.
1: Oh, it's true.
0: <laughs> but it is related because it was Valentine's Day. And so my dad came home and he had a plastic bag, and my mom Assumed since it was Valentine's Day that what was in the bag was clearly meant for her. So she was very excited and she looked inside the bag and what she found was a dead raccoon <laughs> that had been roadkill that my dad scooped up. Because someone, one of our neighbors down the road did like taxidermy or something. And so he, if he saw it, you're not allowed to do that, by the way. I'm sure you're not. But uh, if he saw it, he would, and it was in good shape, he'd collect it.
1: So he's like, may as well get a cool taxidermied raccoon out of this.
0: Well, we weren't getting the taxidermy r- raccoon. He was just giving it
1: Oh, so that was just for the taxidermist just Yeah, to it was tab.
0: because that's my dad is a nice person and he's like, "Oh, I don't need this roadkill." <laughs> so, let me give it to the guy who does taxidermy. Mm. So, he did that and um my mom was very disappointed.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. All right.
0: So that's my one of one of my roadkill stories. There are multiple. <laughs> Do you want to hear another one?
1: Sure. How many? How many? Do you, do you, like, this <laughs> is the last one. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how many can you really have?
0: So uh, we were in the park one day. It was my dad. <laughs> all these stories on my dad. Um, Boy, he's
1: going to be so pissed. Uh,
0: no, this is this is I get to tell this. This is my story. Oh, it okay. happened to me. He was just there. All right. um, so it was my dad and my brothers and I. And I think my brother Gary was like walking up ahead By my dad, and I was kind of lagging behind, and Randy was with me, and we're like walking along, kind of like running and playing around, and I trip and fall directly, hands and knees. I'm a little kid; I'm like maybe six or something. Yeah, hands and knees into roadkill. Pretty sure it was a raccoon Uh, covered in maggots.
1: Oh my god,
0: it was horrible
1: why are you telling me this?
0: (laughs) So then obviously this is unpleasant and I'm freaked out. So I get up and I'm like brushing myself off and Randy is laughing hysterically and he obviously sees that it's there and that I fell in it. Um, so I get up and I walk away and he comes upon it and immediately trips in it. Like
1: (laughs) he saw it. Wait, so (laughs) So he laughs at you and then immediately has a comeuppance about it.
0: Yeah, he didn't, That's like, amazing. fall in it like I did, but right. he, like, tripped over it. I'm like, you saw it was there. Wow. <laughs> in my defense, I didn't see it before I fell into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those are my roadkill stories. Gross. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, just you you're know, welcome. This woman has uh, donated uh, 250 <clears throat> to 300 pounds of, of venison. Doing this, wow! Just thought I'd I'd specify that because that's wow. kind of a lot. Yeah, like she's done this quite a bit. I
0: mean, I get it. If you have like a skill, yeah, then you can share it.
1: I mean, this is this is her at the food pantry with just a bunch of bags Aww. of venison.
0: That's nice. It is nice. It's also nice that like the food pantry accepted it i feel like sometimes there's so many they're so strict about things understandably like mm-hmm. you don't want to feed people something that isn't that's gonna get them sick or something right but
1: but this is free meat right that no one wants to deal with
0: right i i feel like sometimes they're too strict it's some places probably wouldn't accept that and then it's like a whole bunch of meat that people could be enjoying yeah right and it's
1: venison Which is good. I like venison. Yeah. I haven't had it in a while. I mean, it's
0: something a lot of people don't eat
1: all the time.
0: Right. And, you you know, she's sharing her gifts with the world (laughs) in a weird way, but a nice way.
1: I just like the idea of, like... Being like the Batman of roadkill, like sitting by your yeah. police scanner waiting for a motorist to hit a deer over. You know, How get did the back this up, motorist start? How
0: did she get this idea? Was <laughs> she like, you know what? I would really like to mutilate something today. I, Let me I, turn on the police scanner.
1: I don't, I don't think that's it. There's, a, there's no. A,
0: she, she seems like a very sweet person.
1: <clears throat> so the thing is, she. I think she just harvested it for herself in the first place.
0: <clears throat> All um, right.
1: It says she started harvesting roadkill a couple of years ago, and she saw a dead deer by the side of the road on her way home, and she thought, "Here's all this good meat that's just gonna sit here and rot." Uh, she put that first deer and the next few that followed in her own freezer. That's kind of insane, but anyway, <laughs> uh, there were so many getting knocked I mean, into ditches. And people there were so spend people good money
0: hungry. on on buying whole cows and freezing it, so I just, I just can't it's, stumble upon a deer.
1: This is really, really odd to me, but whatever. It's
0: definitely weird. It's definitely
1: it's weird. Not, I mean. Oh, no. Did, did you just break the. What no,
0: t- I didn't. I, I snapped the little <laughs> clip thing off of the lid. I'm a fidgeter. All right. <laughs> it's definitely weird.
1: Well, I don't know. I thought that was a strange one. I can't believe that wasn't like one of the ones on Not the Onion, which is very yeah, commonly is where surprising. I look for surprising
0: you should put it on there.
1: The one that was on Not the Onion was like only a little weird. And so. Uh, what was that? I forget. But huh. I, re- I remember trying to check Good it out. Good story. Well, I remember trying to check it out as a source because like, you know, when you land on a webpage, even if it's Not the Onion, you want to make sure you're looking at like an actual newspaper or yeah. you know, something like that. So I, I always, I've
0: been fooled before
1: Right, especially like those Like uh, newspaper or like TV news sites on <clears> like
0: Yeah, the billions of fake ones yeah. Also sometimes satirical sites are really good at
1: Right Hiding that they're satirical So you have to like search them And look for like corroboration from somewhere else Like like any newspaper Any uh, like reasonably sized newspaper Is backed up by Wikipedia They mm-hmm. have an entry, right And mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh you know, so you have to like cross-reference and make sure that you know. But anyway, that's what I was doing. That is how I found this. Hmm. <laughs> so so much weirder and spookier than whatever the thing was that I was reading.
0: It's pretty spooky, Dave. I'm
1: pretty spooky. All um, hey, right. All right. Well, you, you have a middle segment, don't you?
0: Oh yeah, I do. I was uh, going to segue us into break, but I no. have a seggy, yeah. a little middle seggy. <laughs> I promised that I would give a little update. On the seminar I went to during this middle segment, mm-hmm. so the group that hosted this seminar is called the Institute for Brain Potential, right? Which sounds creepy, and you get this flyer delivered to your house has like a brain on it, and it's like <laughs>
1: it sounds like something. It's a Bioshock so weird.
0: To me. And then the name of this was calming an overactive brain, uh-huh. and I think the the like headline the on the brochure they're like do you have an overactive brain or something like that? And I was like, fuck, how do they know? (laughs) So.
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck, how'd they find out? Oh, no. Oh, no. Look at this. Oh, no. I'm so That's why
0: we were like, okay, this is weird. And I wanted to look into it. And then I was trying to look up information on them. And I was like, yeah, they might be a little shady. Uh And I told you, I told everyone last week that it really wasn't shady and i would be doing a disservice to everyone if i pretended like it was
1: (coughs) frankly turning it into an episode would have been a little bit of a like a bait and switch yeah there just wasn't there wasn't what we thought there was but there
0: were there was interesting information shared in the seminar i'm still glad i went um the the speaker was actually really good his name is he's dr william j sieber Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a clinical professor at the department of family medicine and public health in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of California, San Diego. So I've also looked him up, and I can't really find anything about him negative. I can't find anything other than, like, verify that that's where he works, and obviously he's written some articles and stuff. Like, doesn't appear to be anything sketchy, no, like, complaints about him, anything right. like that. Um. So that's good. Uh. He, I will say he's... It Aver- looks like an average dude, brown <laughs> brown curly hair, glasses, dressed fairly nice, and like sweater, dress pants or something.
1: Looks like an average dude, you know, like brown curly hair. Uh, his head is in a fishbowl. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's holding it under his <laughs> arm. Um, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing weird.
0: <laughs> he he made jokes every so often. <clears throat> he had like slides up, so he he would have like little joke sides in between topics and quotes occasionally of like mostly of like bands that he enjoyed but he would like it was relevant like he would tie it in right but just little segues um he was funny uh he spoke well he was charismatic he didn't come off creepy he just was pretty normal overall yeah he talked like, he knew what he was talking about. Like, he he seemed well-versed in the topic, which is good for someone who was on tour doing a seminar. Yeah. Um, So just some things that I, I took from it that I found interesting. So we talked about things like stress and sleep and, like, anxiety and mental health in general and things, methods for, like, treating that and methods he uses for basically, like, assessing, um, mental health situations and things you could do yourself. So one thing that he mentioned was that, so they always say that there is some amount of stress that is healthy. Like you should have some stress in your life, but yeah,
1: like if you don't, that's weird anyway.
0: But he said that people tend to overestimate how much stress would be healthy. So people would say like, yeah, like 4% of stress in my daily life. That's a healthy amount. When really it's like, this is just a dummy number because you can't really measure it. But
1: when really really it's
0: like 2%. Pe- people just tend to think that, like, oh, no, like, I should be st- stressed out.
1: The thing is, I feel like you can see that around you <clears> all the time. Yeah. People that, like, live in the middle of drama, like, it rules their lives. Especially in like, this area,
0: fine. I think. It's, like, so, we've talked about yeah. this. Some I, We call it, like, the Youngstown effect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, but like it's so prominent. You see people that live in the middle of like constant shit storms, and then like somehow to them that's normal. And when you get too close to it, it's almost like you have to like it's like radioactive. Like you can't yeah. you can't well, be near their orbit. But. It's it's
0: like anyone who grows up in a maybe not so great situation, if it's what you know. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to unlearn unless someone pulls you out of it and goes, hey, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. This is like there's people who live like this and not like that. But unless you see that and are confronted with it, you don't know anything else. So you're just in the midst of like drama after drama after drama after. Yeah, right. So, the yeah, there's a I've met a lot of people who live like that. I can't live like that. No.
1: I can't either. my My tolerance is super low for this, <laughs>
0: and, and I will say, like, it's also not their fault because they don't choose the situation. No, that people are were...
1: formed by their environments, and they continue to seek yeah. that out and live that. You know,
0: yeah, it's just not a way that I I'm don't think I'd survive. Yeah, if if I were put into that situation, I. I will actually, I can't survive. I've been in that situation and sometimes currently forced to be in that situation where there's like all this shit happening. And I'm like, I'm fucking out. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) I can't handle it. But partially we make the joke all the time. I'm an empath. I'm a
1: high-level empath. I'm, like, (laughs) very, very sensitive to what people are feeling.
0: I am an empathetic person, and I am very sensitive to what people are feeling. But (laughs) to be in the middle of, like... People feeling a lot of things very strongly all the time at is you.
1: that's the thing. Is it's, it's feeling it at you. It feels like it's at me. Feeling at you loudly. I don't.
0: Don't please don't have your feelings at me. <laughs> have your feelings, but don't have them at me right. so loudly. Your feelings <clears throat> are very loud right now. <laughs> I just can't. One day I'm gonna turn to someone and be like, "Excuse me, your feelings are super
1: loud right now." It really is that. You just like
0: quiet them down.
1: There really is a big difference between people like having a lot of intense feelings. And having them at you or like yeah. and it's Ooh. and it's kinda and you, you feel it. it. Yeah. You feel like it's almost like they're looking at you for resolution. Constantly.
0: Probably like 50% of my anxiety is from feeling other people having feelings at me. Right. And I'm like, I can't handle this. Yeah. I can't handle my own shit. I'm very repressed. Why-, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I can do this?
1: Some kind of targeted winery. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway,
0: so that's stress. Yeah. Um, One tip he gave was that if there is something coming up that you know is going to be stressful for you, like a time of year that's always stressful or you know there's an event that always causes you stress, he says in advance you should schedule positive activities and interactions with other people during that time because it will help relieve your stress and put you in a better mindset. It actually helps a lot, but in the moment you're less likely to like Reach out and do that because you're feeling overwhelmed. But if you plan it in advance and stick to it, it actually is very helpful.
1: OK, so like let's say for me, like like I'll just make something up. Like let's say August is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pick a random month. Let's just say like March is really, really bad for me mm-hmm. and I always get stressed out. <clears throat> so like I should be planning for this in December when I'm not even really thinking or like feeling any of the things that March like make me stressed out about. Or
0: even it doesn't even have to be that far ahead, but say like say it's a college student and they know they have finals coming up and they're going to be stressed out because it's finals. Yeah. So
1: like at the beginning of the semester, during that time
0: period or even the week before for whenever before the stress starts to happen. Yeah. Have get a friend and be like, Hey, this date like do you want to just go get coffee or something or do you want to go uh-huh. to a movie or do you want to go to this other thing or just have like a, a pajama night that or re- that whatever. That requires a
1: certain amount of like personal awareness that requires yeah. some, you really kind of have to know yourself well enough to know like.
0: I I would say I would say this seminar is a lot about becoming, personal awareness. Becoming aware. Because it yeah I'll get into that more later but it's a lot about personal awareness and I would say a good portion of the people a lot of the people in that room are there because it is continuing education. Mm-hmm. And so they're medical professionals, um, they're pharmacy technicians, they're doctors, they're all kinds of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But also it's it was like half geared towards like you could use these things possibly with their clients and half geared geared towards like you probably also have an overactive brain if you're interested in this. So these yeah. are tips you could use yourself. Mm-hmm. So the people who would choose to go to this are probably already kind of self aware because you were called out by a brochure that you have an overactive brain. It you didn't get it. Damn it. There's a little fruit fly flying. I cannot, out. W-
1: I cannot wait until winter when they all <clears throat> die.
0: So um there I gotta find a particular slide. I should have left it open to that. Um there's a list of what he calls sleep hygiene which okay. is not taking a shower before bed.
1: Sure, right. It's like the it's like <laughs> it's like proper like sleep, the things to do sleep. Good activities
0: to help you sleep better. Yeah. So basically, and we've heard a lot of these tips before, with things like all activities should be outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Like don't <clears throat> do other things in your bedroom. Don't study in your bed. Don't watch TV in bed. Sorry,
1: sorry if you have a studio apartment.
0: <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean this is like – yeah to the degree that you can separate it separate it. Yeah. Um you should have darkness and no electronics within 60 minutes prior to bedtime. I know we fail at like all these. Um preferably have a cooler temperature at night to mimic your lowered body temperature so it's like if you lower the temperature your body's going to be like oh yeah it's bedtime. Right. Um no visible clocks
1: Sorry. Oh, I got him. No,
0: no he's right here. He's no. flying away.
1: I was wrong. I have a splinter in my palm.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, that's very different. You're distracting me while I'm trying to tell you this. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, so no visible clocks. Um, uh, make sure your pets are in their place. Like everything is settled. And then um, he said stuff about, like, you know, watch your caffeine, alcohol, tryptophan intake, all that. And then one thing that I thought was really interesting um, was something he suggested doing, which was about 30 minutes before bed, outside of the bedroom, have, like, a little notebook or something, and write down a list. It's not a to-do list. It's not, like, the things you have to get done the next day, which you can also do that, too, if it helps you. but. Mm It's just a list of things that you know, if you don't get them out of your head, you will dwell upon when you're trying to sleep. So like the things that nag you, the things that bother you, if something happened earlier in the day, like you had an awkward interaction with someone, you feel bad about something, write it down. And then take that book into the bedroom with you when you go to bed, put it on your nightstand with a pen. And then if something else comes up, you start thinking about something else, distracting write it down. And then it's basically just like externalizing the thoughts. Like, okay, I had the thought, I'm not going to forget I had it. It's right there. I don't have to worry about it now. Mm. Cuz it's recorded. I can come back to it if it's serious. Don't got to do it right now.
1: So my first thought is like half the shit that keeps me up like is shit I would <laughs> never want to write on a piece of paper. <laughs>
0: right? Well, it could be your own, you know, private notebook. But yeah, externalizing but thoughts can be never, super helpful. Once it
1: on, once it's on paper, it's never really private. It's just it's in the world. I though. promise
0: I won't read your little crazy <laughs> nighttime journal. <laughs>
1: no, I know, but just like once you once you write something down, it's in the world. Exactly. Yeah, but that's bad.
0: No, this is the <laughs> difference externalizing thoughts is incredibly helpful because they don't live in here anymore. And I'm pointing to my brain (laughs) and to my head. Um, they don't live in there anymore and they're just out there and you, like this is something that helps me a lot when I feel overwhelmed. I'm like trying to remember what I have to get done. Yeah. Like writing lists and stuff is so helpful because if, if I write it, I feel like I remember it better because I'm pairing an activity with a thing and like a tactile thing, with the thought Mm -hmm. but also i don't have to worry about keeping it in my head and remembering it and keeping it in order because i have it recorded somewhere it's there Mm -hmm. i can reference it if if i have to i don't have to worry about it yeah and like that externalization is very helpful for me okay so i have not tried this little tip yet but i kind of want to i think it could be good um there's connection between, you know, your sleep and all that stuff, your brain and your eating habits. And one thing he said is on days that you've had poor sleep or like a lot of stress, the next day you can eat as much as 250 calories more than you normally would because of those things. <laughs> those are
1: rookie rookie numbers. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> just say Yeah. So – on basically saying a normal day that you got like the right amount of sleep and you feel refreshed. I know you never feel refreshed, but
2: I can't remember refreshed
0: enough. Yeah. Um, you would eat a certain way or eat a certain amount, but you're going to be inclined to eat more than that because the things that would check your system and like make you feel full or not make you feel hungry Mm -hmm. aren't in tip top shape because they're affected by, Things like stress and yeah. lack like of sleep and all of that.
1: Right. That makes sense.
0: The brain is basically a machine and everything influences it.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Um, what else did I have written down here? So just a couple more things. Um, oh, dehydration. Mild dehydration is often confused for hunger. So
1: it's very... I, I have heard that before. Yeah.
0: So if you think you're hungry, it helps to have a drink of water like drink a glass of water yeah and then wait a little bit and if you're still hungry eat but the hardest part of not that
1: be. is thinking to do that yeah it, it is hard it is really like the thing yeah. is i've had this thought a few times over the last say 6 months i'll have that thought of like oh i should you know you like i should probably drink more water and eat less you know like maybe if i drink <laughs> more water i would be less hungry but in the moment you never it doesn't cross your mind i don't think
0: well, you gotta be it can.
1: You got to be really disciplined. Well,
0: here's, here's what he has to say about discipline and uh-huh. self-control. Okay. This goes right into it. It's what I have written down next. Yeah. His philosophy is don't deny yourself. Uh-huh. Discipline isn't about not doing something forever. It's about delaying it. Hmm. So All right. if you have a tendency to like overeat or binge eat, obviously this isn't. There are people who have serious problems with that. This isn't going to fix that, but this is just like a little tip. Um, Make like try to get better at your self-discipline, your self-control by being like, Hey, I'm still going to eat. That's fine. But I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to have a drink of water and I'm going to wait 30 minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes, anything. Right. But the more you teach yourself to like, delay gratification yeah, right. the better you get at it and it won't be as hard and then that is like the developing of self-control. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad to wait 30 minutes, have a drink of water, wait 30 minutes to eat because you've done yeah. it.
1: Most of us can wait 30 minutes to do whatever <clears throat> the thing is that we're pressed to do right now. Yeah. yeah, It makes sense.
0: Um, it talks, He talked a lot about distorted thinking types of like distorted thinking that are really common, um, like generalizations and, and things like that in mm-hmm. ways to try to kind of analyze those and, and talk to yourself about what you're thinking. Like, oh, I was late for work. My boss hates me. He thinks I'm a bad employee. He's not going <laughs> to want to give me a promotion. Like instead of doing that, identify oh, yeah. the problematic thoughts and the distorted thinking and let's break it down. Does your boss really hate you because you were late? Like maybe no, maybe your, your boss, boss hates
1: you because you look funny <laughs> and you're bad.
0: No, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> stop. But is it is it more likely that your boss really thinks you're like a bad employee because you were late <clears throat> this one time or? maybe your boss just assumes you were stuck in traffic or maybe your boss thinks you were having a tough morning or,
1: or maybe your boss isn't happy, but they're not making it at all. It's not a reflection on you as a person. Yeah. Or or maybe your boss
0: didn't even realize and doesn't even care. Like it's basically, um, considering the alternative options instead of, and it's not about stopping the automatic thought. Right. It's about, cause it's always going to happen. It's about finding ways to like, Deescalate yourself a little bit. Um, he also talked about if you're anxious, you shouldn't immediately try to relax because that like doesn't work. Like if especially this is for like if you feel yourself working up to a panic attack, mm-hmm. basically roll with the endorphins and everything and the high like the escalated state that you're in and you should exercise and then, which, yeah, I'm not going to think to exercise when having a panic <laughs> yeah, attack, like, but if you can, like, <laughs> if you can get yourself to do that. They couldn't see it, actually see
1: me helps scrunch you. up into like a weird, what the <laughs> yeah. hell are you talking about face?
0: But it actually helps. And I'm sure if you exercise at least three times moderate exercise, like 10, 15 minutes a week, mm-hmm. um, it helps you to have reduced anxiety overall. Because the things that happen in your body when you start to have, like, panic is they're the same things that happen when you exercise. And so your body is just more familiar with the feeling and comes down from it easier Mm -hmm. than if you don't exercise.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see it.
0: Um, And then he also suggested a book I haven't read yet, but I want to, called The Happiness Trap by Russ Harrison. And it's supposed to be really good. Okay. Um. Basically, like, a it's kind of a self-help book, but it just talks about, like, how people are so obsessed with the concept of happiness. And if that's something we should really be working towards or what are better things to explore.
1: Like, especially, so. like, relative happiness, right? This yeah. idea that, like, am I happy enough? Yeah. Based on how happy the world has told me I need to be.
0: So, that's it. That's just a little bit.
1: That's it? That's it. That's
0: that's
1: it. Oh okay, that's it.
0: That's <laughs> it. Um, just a couple things because it was like an all day seminar, so
1: well, I'm glad you I'm glad you decided to talk about it because you know, we did sort of, I don't know. We, we build it up as a, like a big in-person I chase. I thought it
0: was going to be something more than what it was. I but mean, I'm glad I went. I got a lot of information and it was still
1: interesting. I think our big scoop is still coming. That's somewhere down the line. Yeah. Our big scoop is, is on the way.
0: Yeah, we're going to get one of those digging machines that they have That's at construction. Not, not that
1: kind of big scoop.
0: Oh. No. Well, I really <laughs> wanted one of those.
1: Well, we can also do that. All right. But anyway, excavator—is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, or like a bobcat. Yeah, well, that's the brand. Yeah, I don't know. People just call him Bobcats, right? Just like everything. What's that
0: guy doing these days?
1: <laughs> you thinking of <about> Bobcat Goldthwait? <laughs> yeah, actually, a lot. Really? Yeah, he's like more active as a producer than anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Super active.
0: Interesting.
1: Interesting fact about Bobcat Goldthwait: not his real voice, not his real name obviously oh, well, well, even yes. though everyone calls him bobcat uh yeah. but his name is bob and the thing <clears> is <throat> the other side of bobcat as a person was tomcat which is tom kenny the voice of spongebob oh. and a regular on mr show huh bobcat and tomcat went like hand in hand at, like, i did the not know that boston comedy scene in that's really 90s. funny
0: i did not know that
1: yeah so bobcat kept the bobcat name and Tomcat just went by Tom For the rest of his career Hmm Not that anyone gives a fuck about that Let's take a break We will be back in a moment With the main segment for this episode Alright Sound good? Mm-hmm Okay Well then let's do it Alright Alright <laughs> Bye-bye back. Yes, we are. Oh, hello. But is it this week or next week or last <laughs> yeah, week?
0: We're switching Nobody up our intros.
1: Knows.
0: So do you want to know what the topic is?
1: I do, but also I read upside down because I'm a dickhead. So why don't you just tell the fine people what they're about to listen, <laughs> listen to?
0: <laughs> so this has been on my list for a while. I saw something about it. About her a little while ago when I was like, oh, that's cool as shit. So I added her to the list and this just felt like a good time to do it. Okay. So our topic, our person of interest this week is Ada Lovelace. Lovelace? I think it is Lovelace. Lovelace.
1: Wait a minute. She's the computer later, isn't she? Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay, so I think we might have talked about this a little bit. Yeah. I have the the first time I became aware of her was through a Google Doodle.
0: Mm, the, yeah, yeah. They did one for like her birthday or a, anniversary of something.
1: Birthday. It's usually their birthdays. Whoever mm. did something, you know, it's usually their, their birthday. It could
0: have been like the anniversary of when her works were published yeah. or something like that. So they,
1: they tend to be birthdays though. Yeah. Prior to that I'd never heard of her and I'm very a lot of people have, I'm very interested to hear what you she's have. She's very this. interesting. Yeah. So real smart cookie.
0: We are talking about the woman who is often known as the first computer programmer. Yeah. uh, Which is Ada Lovelace. Uh, She, okay, this is really interesting and I did not know this. You'll like this too. Okay. She's the only legitimate child of Lord Byron. Shut up. Nope. The Shut first up. computer programmer is also a child of Lord Brian, Byron.
1: Lord Brian. <laughs> Lord Brian. Lord Brian. Not as impressive as Lord Byron. <laughs> Lord Byron.
0: <laughs> I just can't talk.
1: Just, just some guy named Brian.
0: <laughs> he was a dude named Brian. That's really yeah. That's so, so he weird. had plenty of illegitimate children. Oh
1: yeah, that he was just slinging it everywhere, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> Passing it out to everyone. So. <laughs> She's the only legitimate one.
1: That's interesting. Um,
0: She was born Augusta Ada Byron in London, December 10th, 1815. She was named after Lord Byron's sister. Uh, Apparently he really wanted a boy and made that known.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really? (laughs) He really wanted a boy. (laughs) Just like, well, you better think about it real hard there. Concentrate, like (laughs) push it into the womb.
0: So her mom is named Lady Anne Isabella Milbank Byron. Mm-hmm. Um, she separated from Lord Byron weeks after Ada was born. Hmm. Uh, Ada and her mom ended up not having a great relationship. I'll get to that sure. later. Um, But after they separated, Byron left London forever. Uh, he... Commemorated the parting in a poem, of course.
1: Sure. Like you do, if with, you're a poet.
0: With the line, um, included is the line, Is thy face like thy mother's, my fair child, Ada, sole daughter of my house and heart?
1: Oh. Yeah. Uh, he
0: was a romantic.
1: <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's expressing any actual feelings in there other than just being like, You look like your mom. My do you, daughter. Do
0: you look like your mom? <laughs> Is, he's not even saying she does. Right. He's asking, do right. you? It's not even. Ex- is it? He's not even like expressing
1: it? an opinion. Do
0: you look like your mom? What a dodgy bitch. Child's bastard. name. Uh, also, statement of fact, sole daughter of my house and heart. Well, he says and heart, so that shows maybe some affection. Yeah. Also, real shitty to all of the illegitimate children. Right. He's
1: like, this is the sole child of my heart. Old, <laughs> None of you guys. Only one count. that matters. Do yep. you look like your mom? I bet you do.
0: <laughs> it's been two weeks since I've seen you. <laughs> um, Weird. And then uh, Byron died when Ada was only eight years old. He was in Greece at the time. He died of disease during the Greek War of Independence.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
0: hmm So she had kind of a unique upbringing for an aristocratic young woman at that time. Sure. So her mom, this is the reason they didn't get along very well. Her mom kind of felt like Byron was insane or had like an insanity. And it's very possible he had some mental health issues or he could have just been a huge dick.
1: Yeah. He like um, could have been either like like broken or compulsive or both.
0: Yeah. So she was really afraid of Ada becoming the same way. So she tried to do many things to like keep that from happening. She also did things like... um, had her friends like keep tabs on Ada all of the time, like just like basically follow her around and report back to her mom about what she's doing, which has got to suck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um Ada often referred to these people, her mom's friends, as the Furies.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
2: That's clever.
0: But one thing that her mom insisted upon was paying people to tutor ada in things like math and science which usually didn't do for young women but yeah. she was like now nah, we got to fill your brain with this stuff so your brain doesn't become insane
1: and we're, and we're still trying to get women into math and science yep we're still struggling to get enough. so
0: i will say you know their relationship wasn't good but she did ada a favor because ada really took to this stuff yeah um She Yeah, she hoped rigorous study would prevent Ada from developing her father's moody and unpredictable temperament. She also forced Ada to lie still for extended periods of time because she thought it would help her develop Mm self-control. So that's probably not as good.
1: Which is weird.
0: But Ada did have a talent for numbers and language. She received tutoring, probably from a lot of tutors, but some of the main ones were William Friend, a social reformer, William King, which was the family's doctor, and Mary Somerville, who was a Scottish astronomer and mathematician. She's one of the first women admitted into the Royal Astronomical Society. Hmm. Um, I did not do much research on her, but she seems like I want to know more about her because she seems rad. Yeah. Um. But I Ada really liked her a lot. They got along really well as two women at that time. When that, like, wasn't really common two women who were both into math and science and things like that. Um, And Mary is the one who introduced Ada when she was 17 to Charles Babbage, who was known as the father of the computer. So he was a mathematician and an inventor. They became friends and he kind of took her on. He was like her mentor. So she went on to study advanced mathematics with the University of london professor augustus de Morgan
1: so let's let's try to put this in perspective she was born when
0: she was born um oh it was God, like 1810
1: had it. or 1816 or something like that
0: where did I write it
1: sorry I just I think it was like oh
0: 1815
1: okay so to put that in perspective at the age of 20 it would have been 18. Thirty five, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like that's they're working on computer stuff.
0: Yeah, in the eighteen hundreds.
1: That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like like obviously it's a very, very primitive computer, but like the notion of anything like that in eighteen thirty five is kind of mind blowing. Yeah. The lineage of the computer goes a long way back.
0: Well, people were always dreaming of the future and trying to figure better ways to do things they were already doing, and that's yeah. where computers come from.
1: It's just like I don't think most people think about the computer going all the way back this far. Like, yeah, and you're of right; how it, is it is
0: very simplified. And I'll get into exactly what these computers sure. looked like, but
1: I just wanted to frame this now because it's crazy. It's going to it's going to become apparent exactly how ancient this is. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: So she's 17. She meets Babbage. He kind of takes her on like a mentor. They become friends. Um, she studies advanced mathematics with uh, Professor Augustus DeMorgan. Mm-hmm. And then Babbage creates something he calls the difference engine. And it's basically a device to perform mathematical calculations. Ada saw it before it was finished. She was fascinated by it. She thought right. it was super cool. Um so Babbage makes another makes plans for another device he calls the Analytical Engine, which does the same thing, but it can handle more complex calculations. So Ada was asked to translate an article about the Analytical Engine from, I think, a Swiss—no, from a French writer for, like, a Swiss um, publication— And she, again, she was good with languages. So they're like, hey, can you translate this? Because you're familiar with the device and you are good with languages. So she translates it from French to English. So it can be published in that article. But she also adds in her own notes. Uh And her notes on this device are three times as long as the original article was. (laughs) So she, she knew a lot about it. She was really interested in it. She had a lot of ideas about what it could be used for. Sure. Now, Babbage himself, he, he didn't have those ideas necessarily. He, his idea was, yeah, this is cool because it can do complex calculations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's kind of what he intended it for. She had different ideas. Um, so Ada described in these notes how codes could be created for the device to handle letters and symbols along with numbers.
1: Okay. Yeah. She Whoa. also Okay.
0: She also theorized a method for the engine to repeat a series of instructions. This is known as looping. Yeah.
1: That's like really so central to she like
0: She came up with the concept of looping mm-hmm. for this really old school computer. <laughs> That's cool. Um, This is why she's often considered the first computer programmer.
1: I get it. She hacked it.
0: Yeah. Some people um, claim that it should be considered Babbage because in his notes he did have some, like, programs written out. But I don't think he really published them. Like, she Mm -hmm. has this article that she got published all about her ideas on this. Mm -hmm. No one else is thinking about this. Yeah. At least if they were, they weren't, like... They didn't have the opportunity to explore it as firsthand as she did since she was so <sighs> close to Babbage.
1: It seems like she like he deserves credit for this incredible engine and she deserves credit for seeing rightfully what it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem unreasonable to me.
0: I I think it's super cool that yeah. this <laughs> even happened. Yeah. Um so her article didn't attract very much attention when she was alive. It wasn't really until the 1950s when someone republished it um that it really gained traction and people realized that this is the first person to be doing these things.
1: Re- oh wait. Okay. Gotcha. I mean the
0: article existed but it, in
1: her in her ideas were already making had made their way into other computing type systems, right? Yeah,
0: but it's, it didn't get a lot of, gain a lot of popularity. This is
1: when people realized she um, was the architect of some of those things. Yeah, she
0: has since gotten a lot of posthumous honors for her works. And actually in, oh, God, 1988, I think? I missed a digit. The (laughs) Department of Defense created a new computer language, and they called it Ada in her honor.
1: Oh, okay. Um, That's sweet. So...
0: Let me, I kind of like, I skipped around in really weird ways here.
1: (laughs) It's okay.
0: So just a little more about her life growing up. She was often ill as a kid. Yeah. She had headaches with obscured vision, which probably migraines of some kind. Sure. Um, In 1829, she had a bad case of the measles that actually paralyzed her. In 1831, she was finally able to walk again with crutches um, during that time, they basically they put her on like bed rest, but that probably was bad. She probably um, needed to be up and trying right. to get around. Yeah. So it took her a little longer, but I think she eventually regained the ability to walk fully, but it, it took a while. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe
1: longer than it would have if they treated it differently.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But during this time, even though she was a sick kid, she was always still keeping up with her studies and thinking and making little projects for herself. Right. Um, she decided she wanted to fly. And so of course, all little kids want to fly. But yeah. usually you do things like you grab a sheet and tie it around your neck and say you're a superhero and you yeah. jump off a couch. But right. but <laughs> Ada, obviously superheroes weren't exactly a thing then, but her version mm-hmm. of this was well, first step, I need to construct wings. So she considered her materials carefully and chose one that she thought would be the best for it. She studied the anatomy of birds to try to get, like, the closest ratio of, like, body size to wingspan. (laughs) And then she decided what kind of equipment she would need on this apparatus, like a compass, if she's going to be finding the shortest distance when she's above everything, and then of course she would need to later integrate steam with the art of flying. Obviously, this is something she never actually did. Okay. Okay. She never created it. We would know. If I was she like, did. how
1: far I was like, how far did she take this? Exactly. But
0: this is like a project she made for sure. herself. This is like I'm a thought wa- project for I'm that just wondering she if she
1: fell off the roof. No.
0: No. Well, she was this. already paralyzed okay. briefly, so <laughs> couldn't hurt, I guess. Yeah, God. Um so. In 1833, she apparently had an affair with one of her tutors. She tried to elope, but was recognized by his family, and they told on her to her mom. What? Yeah. Okay. So then her mom and her friends covered up these events to prevent scandal. By 1834, she was a regular at court, subduing so all the, like, balls and, and social activities Stop it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doing all the balls, going
0: to balls. Okay. Um. So she she became popular. People liked her a lot, mostly yeah. because she was interesting. I think she had a lot of like other name, other friends that you would know of. People like Michael Faraday and Charles Dickens also ran in these ah, circles. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um. I think people also. It seems like some descriptions say she was attractive other descriptions seem to say that like she wasn't she might like, slightly resembled her dad maybe not the most attractive but very interesting yeah but who that's knows all, that's
1: all relative who though, knows right? yeah like who can trust a historical account of attractiveness yeah when one one we account we can't all agree on who's attractive. one account was from
0: like a friend of her father's and he's he like described her in a not especially flattering way and said that he she slightly resembles her dad in some ways most likely the lips so like i think in the lips there's something in the lips that kind of looks like him <laughs> <laughs> and also said i basically i don't think she likes me very much which <laughs> she Because her mom obviously hated her father. She got a lot of influence from her mom. Like, all of his friends are horrible and all of this. So she did. But then she ended up getting to know him, apparently, and became good friends with this friend of her father's. So so that was the kind of stuff she was doing in court. Yeah, sure. (laughs) was making friends and being social. Gotcha. So in uh, 1835, Ada married William King. So I'm confused on this, and I couldn't get clarification really What the family doctor is called William King but I can't confirm if that's the same William King she married or a different William King okay like I can't get confirmation on that the William King she married is described as like a scientist and stuff so it's possible that it is the same one right but the also, fact that they
1: call him a scientist and not a doctor is like right. an odd kind of and
0: also weird that like she would have had an affair with a different tutor than the one she ended up marrying. I feel like they would mention <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah,
1: right. So that's kind of hard to piece together, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah. So he eventually became the Earl of Lovelace. So she took the title Countess of Lovelace.
1: The Earl of Lovelace. Earl of Lovelace. The Countess of Lovelace.
0: Um, they had things in common, like they both loved horses. That's something that the wiki said. was like, okay, nice detail. Cool. Um, They eventually had three children, which were named Byron King Noel. Um, I don't know if it was Noel or Noel. Her husband took the... An additional surname of Noel at one point. I think because of some of the titles he was granted. I don't know. Why is their
1: whole family so confusing? The whole, it's just
0: that time. (laughs) The like, the royalty thing and the titles and the, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Anyway, Byron King Noel, their daughter was Lady Annabella Isabella King Noel.
1: Annabella Isabella Mozzarella. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: and then their other son was Ralph Gordon King Noel Milbank. I don't know why he had that extra name. <laughs>
1: <He> <laughs> no gets, one else has that he one. Four names. Yes, kind there's of a lot. it. People
0: have a lot of names. I guess so. Um, supposedly, her husband supported her academic endeavors. Uh, they socialized with many interesting minds at the time. That's where Faraday and Dickens come into play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's said that she had maybe some loose definitions of what her relationship should look like to her husband. She maybe strayed a little bit. Oh. Was um, it
1: sad or was she kind of crushing it?
0: Um, <laughs> There weren't too many details, but it seems like she did well. Oh. I, I mean, <laughs> good for her, I guess. Hey, I don't considering
1: know. her dad. Yeah, I mean, like can a, you,
0: are you like surprised?
1: Coke-fueled, like, like, what was his whole thing? Was it Coke or... Opium or whatever. Well, it was, it speaking opium. of opium. Yeah. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because her dad was into like drugs and orgies and all kinds of crazy every, shit. Every,
0: every, who wasn't? Yeah. 1800s. <laughs> yeah, who isn't? <laughs> don't call us out on this podcast. <laughs> um, so Ada's health suffered after a bout of cholera in 1837. You know, because it's the 1800s and you could just have a bout of cholera. Yeah. Yeah,
1: everyone was. Since
0: then, she had issues with asthma and digestive problems. And um, during this time when she was going through all of this, she was given painkillers like laudanum and opium. Mm -hmm. She probably maybe got hooked on them. Yeah. Um, And it said it changed her personality. She started having mood swings and hallucinations. Pretty heavy drugs.
1: That's an old story. We're still yeah. living it. Like- yeah,
0: pretty heavy drugs, and obviously very. They were giving it as medicine. Yeah, really right. easy to come by. Also, something I thought about was like, so her mom described her dad as like moody. It's very possible some of this just ran in the family. That's true. It might not have necessarily just been a personality change because of drugs. there have been to other things. What's what
1: with these things, right. isn't it?
0: Yeah. It was so long ago, it's Mm -hmm. not like we're hanging out with her.
1: Right. We can't run through the checklist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, she eventually died in London from uterine cancer. November 27th, 1852, she was 36 years old. So let's talk about all the shit she did (laughs) (laughs) when she was that young. 36. She she was 36 when she died.
1: We are 32-ish.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, in the short time that she was alive, yeah, she studied math and science and languages. She uh, basically came up with computer programming way before its time. Yeah, she socialized in court and had friends like Faraday and Dickens. She was married. She had three kids. <laughs> She did all kinds of things. Oh, yeah, I forgot to throw in there that um, later in life. So I said she liked horses, but apparently she also liked the horse races. Um, She lost money on gambling. And then she also tried to come up with a scheme to find a way to use math to win at gambling. (laughs)
1: like every gambler's fantasy right now it
0: ended up going poorly and she lost a lot of money Mm. was not great
1: gambler's fallacy which is also existing now
0: yes so um she she did a lot of things some good some bad some whatever sounds like a full life pretty full life for only 36 i
1: wonder how many of the ideas that she had about computing and like like programming like the the ways to use that machine and maybe future machines like to like greater than their current potential like i wonder Mm -hmm. how many of those specifically lived on after her
0: i don't know i mean this was a published her notes were published so it was definitely something that people could reference yeah it It was a known thing it wasn't super popular but
1: it was out there it's got to be part of the lineage of all like modern computing right
0: Yeah, and also it is to say that, like, or it isn't to say that it isn't unique for someone to be thinking of things like this. Like, even if her writings were completely forgotten and then computers started to be a thing and then they came back up, I wouldn't be surprised if someone else independently was like, wait a minute, this is a thing we could do. Yeah, But I think it did have influence. Um, I mean, the 50s is when someone republished this and repopularized mm-hmm. her works and and we didn't have the internet till the 80s i mean right. <laughs> so But the
1: thing is what's really interesting or 90s about right it's internet in late 90s uh no internet no, no nine, early early wait no 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 late 80s we had the we had an internet at the late 80s we okay. had darPAnet in the 70s we had like darpanet. we had like normal like consumer internet in the mid to late 80s i think mm-hmm. um uh, but uh, sh- shoot, what was it? What was I gonna say about that? <laughs> no, okay. So, what's interesting about the republication of her letters is that right around that time they were building these huge mainframes to do yeah. like high level computation. Let me know. find
0: out who published it. Yeah, because it was in like a work that has a very interesting title, and I can't quite.
1: So like the ancestors of what we call modern computers these things that like filled up entire rooms and like gigantic like <laughs> panels full of switches and bulbs and fuses and stuff he had like those the mainframe com- computers were like like the like being built in the 50s and 60s right so mm-hmm. it's interesting that they that uh, some of these really old ideas got like repopularized Maybe as yeah. yes. we were, like, figuring out, oh, wait, we can do, like, more with, like, like the, the technology we now have available to us has us, like, able to make better and more interesting and more complex computers. So some of these, like, old uh, foundational concepts are, like, relevant again. Right?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to find the specific.
1: <laughs> well, I could continue talking to myself about how cool computers are.
0: They are cool. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I just think that's cool that, like, we experienced this huge push forward in what computers are and can do Um, right around the time that, like, it seems like <laughs> Ada Lovelace's ideas are relevant again. I don't know what that means. I don't know the full well, history. I only know what you just told me about it, but I think it's interesting that
0: it's, it's, I think it's just cool to. Understand that someone so long ago was already thinking about these things. Like there were people striving for the things we have now. Mm -hmm. If she could see what things have become, how knocked out would she be? Like, how crazy would that be for
1: her to be like, I said you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I don't even know if she'd recognize it because like what she was talking about and working on is so foundational to everything we have.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: like if she saw a cell phone, I doubt she could recognize the connection between this and the basics oh, wow. of computation. yeah you'd
0: ha- you'd have to like, show her like logic. you have to show her a computer and be like this is like that analytical machine you, that he made
1: you'd have to go so much farther back to like the I idea could just of the,
0: show him a calculator <laughs> show <laughs> the, her a calculator the idea
1: of a central processing unit is like even itself like so far
0: I have faith in Ada yeah. I think she could I think she could
1: get it. I think if you showed her the whole the A to Z, I think she could yeah. absolutely get it.
0: So, um, her notes were reintroduced to the world by B.V. Bowden. Hmm. He that person, I'm assuming he but I shouldn't, I don't know, who <laughs> republished them in Faster Than Thought: A Symposium on Digital Computing Machines in 1953. Okay. So that's that's Where it was published again. Interesting. So I'm assuming just like a collection of like ideas on a thing that you could do. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hey, this is a thing we can maybe do.
1: (laughs) They published it in a collection of ideas on a thing you can do magazine in 1953. Yeah, it was
0: pretty popular.
1: (laughs) Who didn't subscribe to a collection of ideas (laughs) on a thing thing you could (laughs) do? (laughs) Stop it. I know. (laughs) Just teasing
0: I um don't talk so good.
1: <laughs> Words.
0: They just get stuck in there. I can't. And sometimes yeah. I not talk so good. Yeah.
1: What's the Charlie thing? The yeah. get all blocked up in my mouth. I can't say I'm so good.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the episode where Charlie Day is on a date and sweating profusely oh. and it's just,
1: just failing. Only well, orders the milk boiled over hard.
0: Yes, with your finest jelly beans, and he has hornet stings all over his face, and they're bleeding.
1: If you can't tell, we're in the middle of an it's always sunny binge.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're always in the middle of an it's always sunny yeah. binge. So that's you know that's it for Ada. I think
1: uh, that's all I know. I would love to. I would love maybe someday like in another follow up, maybe like a really painfully deep dive. I don't know. It feels like the more you look into this the more complex it gets. Yeah. Like computing is an inherently complicated subject that may not lend itself well to a podcast forum, but like, like there's a level of detail, which I think you covered really effectively, which is like where you can actually talk about it from like a layman's perspective. And I feel like the more you dig in, the harder it gets to talk about.
0: I I feel like the next step would be to actually try to read her notes, see if you can find them and read what she had to say about it. I think that would be revealing, but would be really difficult.
1: Yeah. That's so, the thing is huh. I I don't know if I don't know if any deeper level of detail would be comprehensible to me yeah. at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if it's worth it either, but yeah. still interesting.
1: Yeah. Very Only interesting.
0: legitimate child of Lord Byron. Yeah. Wonder if he was proud.
1: It's kind of you know it's kind of a <laughs> the the idea of Lord Byron having legitimate children is interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah considering
1: mm. what a what a romp it seems like his actual life was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude was a dick.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ada Lovelace.
0: Ada Lovelace. It's a great name.
1: It really is. I like the name Ada. Ada is a nice name. You don't see it that often.
0: I went to college with someone named Ada.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I've never known anyone named Ada. Yeah. It's a cool name. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that's that. Yep. That's another episode of Goose Chase. Yep. Now we're going to go eat tacos. Well, I have have to cook the tacos still. I have to cook the tacos and then we eat the tacos. Yes. I'm so hungry for tacos right now. Me too. We're going to do that, guys. Yeah, we are. But thank you. So thank you, as always, for listening to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Please send us your suggestions and uh, we will see you in another week with another episode. I think next week. Hopefully. Drewby will be and a little with us. guesty guest. Yes, I'm hoping that that will happen. If it doesn't, you'll have to listen to me talk about something that is another thing.
0: All right, uh, we we want to get um, Matt and Claire on the show sometime soon, also. Yeah, most definitely. That yeah. sounds incredible. I told him last night that I wanted him to do that. Yeah, and I'm putting the pressure on Claire. Cause
1: <laughs> Putting the we heat on. We need Claire
0: to come on the show. Okay. You don't even need to do the research. Make Matt do it. That's what he's there for. Right, just have him Just yeah. come on here and hang out with us. Make
1: him say things about another thing, and then he can be a guest as well.
0: Yeah, and then basically all we do is just make fun of him while he's talking <laughs> about it.
1: It's going to be what you we know, do anyway. Maybe, maybe, don't, maybe don't frame it that way. Maybe this makes <laughs> It's it what less, happens. Maybe make it less likely that they'll join us. Um. Oh, if I know Claire, and I know
0: Claire, (laughs) she'll want to make fun of him with us. I
1: get it. All right. And Matt doesn't care. Well, then we knows I love him. Then we will see you guys in another week with another episode of Goose Chase. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye -bye.
0: You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase podcasts on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Pod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com.
1: If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play.
0: Want to go on a Goose Chase?
1: Ooh, yes.